We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It's been a while since I've done a more recent show. Been with you, and, and Andrew's obviously here with me as well. We we welcome you in. I have returned from the West Coast. It was a nice trip. Some uh, really nice scenery, some different things we saw out West. Uh, I don't know how many of you have any idea what goes uh, goes into the surroundings of Los Angeles, but I learned a pretty significant amount of the right places to be and wrong places to be in Los Angeles and, uh, the food, but the food was good. The scenes were great. And, and, uh, I don't know that I would do it again. I think it was just a place to see. Uh, but, but I think it was, it was really unique and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not, I don't think wired to live out West in the, in the, as far as like the left coast area. Right. But I think it's a really unique place to visit and see if you've never been there. Like we went up to Malibu, we went to like Manhattan beach, a little further South. We did some different things that uh, upon some recommendations of some 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 fine folks who live out that way who, who gave me some uh, angles on places to go Re- really cool but uh, also seriously chaotic like I couldn't I couldn't Andrew I couldn't live there because you can't drive like we rented a car and just going four miles is like a 35 to 40 minute like we went up the coast to which was really cool to drive the Pacific coastline to Malibu and it was like an hour and 30 minutes for 16 miles. Like that would be just a nightmare every day. It's every day. Yeah. The traffic as a part of everyday life, not like a bad luck situation where, Oh, I got in traffic, caught in traffic because somebody, there was an accident or, you know, a tree fell on the road, but like, mm-hmm. because there are too many cars for the roads and there's not another option because not only can you not really drive effectively, but public transportation is a nightmare too. And walking isn't really even safe. So you basically have no choice but to sit in traffic and then everybody's faced with that situation every day. So I know that there are pluses to being out there and I have enjoyed visiting California the the, the few times that I've done it. But yeah, I, I'm very much not a person either who could handle that level of congestion or um, yeah, just, just in- infrastructure difficulty, those sorts of things. Yeah. It was a real eye opener. The other thing that was eye opening among you know, going to Hollywood and seeing like, you know, it's not quite, you know, Stephen Thomas, good friend, former Browns mock draft, talked to him a lot while I was out there. And it is certainly not what you see on TV. But anyway, 
going through UCLA's campus and being like, this is a college. This is a uh, university here where it, it is so far and away different than things I have, have seen in terms of like how these kids are living out there. I couldn't really fathom it. I also was thinking about this from a football perspective, like visiting there and seeing the beauty of the place, the living can like everything that you could ever dream of for university. And then being like, you know what? I would rather go to school in Columbus, Ohio. I would rather do that is an interesting thing. Now I would imagine Ohio state's argument point uh, for, for these or Michigan or whoever is that, yeah, we actually have a hundred thousand people that sit there and watch you every single game. It doesn't matter if you're playing Western Michigan, but that's, that's obviously the game day experience is something, but God, just like being able to go to school out there for free would be so hard to pass up because it's, it's gorgeous. Totally. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's one thing if you're Ohio state or Michigan, but like now that, the, those schools are in the Big Ten. Can you imagine recruiting against US, UCLA if you're Minnesota, for example? Yeah, man. Like, no. come to <laughs> Minneapolis. Most of our campus is underground because it's too cold to be outside from, like, December to May. So, uh, and, you know, we sometimes we'll get 50,000 people in that stadium. It sounds pretty loud. So, that's going to be the real trick is, like, the second tier. Like, I think about, you know, I lived in, in Lansing for a few years. I think about Michigan State. Like, how do you recruit kids to Lansing, East Lansing? versus Westwood like that that is two different worlds so yeah obviously we went through you know the campus in pretty pretty close detail and I just couldn't really believe it and then you go I wanted to go over to Pasadena and see the Rose Bowl and all the stuff around that didn't get a chance too far every day every time I tried to look at that drive it was like an hour and 30 minutes and I'm like man this is just vital time where we're, we're also at the same time two parents without our children for the first time in forever so it's like we don't want to spend three precious hours we could be relaxing doing something in the car so there's a fine balance to find there but nonetheless good vacation good trip happy to be back doesn't seem andrew like i missed anything crazy over the weekend now getting into today it seems like some stuff's picking up but it doesn't seem like anything all too wild happened over the week we get denzel ward contract restructure that's the first one we've heard about i find that one to be a little interesting to be the first one not a, a one that we didn't presume would happen but certainly interesting to see that that's the first one I, I wonder what the timing is or why those get announced in the segment by which they get announced yeah i i think there's a few different theories mm -hmm. on that i don't feel great about speculating either because i think it, it could go a few different ways but i can see them feeling like they don't need to i think you know uh, they don't need to free it all up at once uh so they can kind of restructure as needed obviously the big one that we're all watching is the deshaun watson decision. Uh, I, I think we still feel pretty good about that happening, but, you know, I think our, our show from last week talking about that did, you know, get, get a little bit of traction online. I had a few further conversations, some with our colleague, uh, Jack Duffin from the OBR. And, you know, I think that this, that's really the, the key of the whole thing is they, they have been publicly, obviously, uh, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski both talked to the media. They've both been very committed to Deshaun Watson, but you got to wonder where they're at with the whole thing. And I think the only indication that we would get through this offseason is if, if they decided against all odds to just to not make that restructure decision. So um, that's obviously the one I'm watching. But as, in terms of Ward, it felt, felt like a no-brainer where he is in his contract and the fact that you're not going to replace a player like that on the open market. So uh, it's 
Mm-hmm. The one that I think one of the ones that was at the top of the list of the ones that felt the most obvious to me, I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, so I, I know that they have fewer candidates because of where Garrett's at in his contract than they did previously. So yeah, that will be something to watch here, uh, Jake, over the next few weeks is do they roll them all out over the course of the next few weeks or do they hold on to some as we get further into the off season, maybe in towards the, the draft? I, I don't, I, I think it'll be, and 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 then I guess can we learn anything from when they do them? I don't know. It'll be something we'll obviously continue to watch. Yeah, it's a little bit too deep into the conjecture area for where we want to be. So we'll just kind of be delicate with those things. Easy twelve million to open up though. Uh, if if you listen to Kevin Stefanski's time with the media today, he did mention, um, you know, they would be when I say they, it's it's Kevin and Ken Dorsey would be taking a trip out to California to. Uh, Spend some time with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, you went at the wrong time. Well, maybe I did go at the right time, though, Andrew, because it was raining the week, uh, the days before we went to California. And then it's supposed to rain again. So maybe Kevin didn't quite map it out as perfectly as we did. Although, came to came back to Ohio today uh, on my birthday, nonetheless, morning, get a little 5 a.m. buzzer, just going crazy. I'm like, all right, 5 a.m. Amber Alert. That's okay. Now, it's a tornado warning, a tornado touchdown, like, Two, two miles from our house so that was that was a nice little uh welcome back to ohio splash of water in the face there that not 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 something i would suggest as everybody in the house gets up at 5 a.m but nonetheless we're persevering we're we're plugging along we're doing okay and uh you know from from the look of things i i will say we have to be careful about presuming too much with quarterback i think it was interesting note from uh, i think i think andrew barry spent some time with florio today uh, where he mentioned uh, Florio talked about the contract and he mentioned specifically they don't care about the contract amount. They just need him to be available. And that was a pretty interesting quote to me. They thought he's playing well and they, they he, he said those things, but they need him to be available. And that's what I would imagine internally is the biggest discussion topic this offseason is you have to recognize the play style and the injury history here and start to have like some pause discussion stuff right absolutely what has been interesting to watch is that the sort of general online sentiment that the browns are okay with watson if he can just stay on the field that the national perspective of course is that the trade has been a disaster because he's not who he was in houston and that has some validity in terms of the fact that the browns are overpaying for their production but that's a separate issue from whether or not they can survive him turning into, say, the 12th to 16th best quarterback in the league, they obviously can uh, because of the talent around him. Longer mm-hmm. term, there's a different conversation about what the extension looks like at that point. But you have solidity at the the quarterback position if he's in that range. You basically, the Browns turn into the, the Kirk Cousins Vikings, for better or for worse, right? Yep. The issue is Kirk Cousins almost never until this year misses time, whereas Watson you know, there's no way to describe 23 other than injury plagued, that old cliche. So that leaves the Browns in a position where I think they have to be serious about adding a veteran backup quarterback that can contribute this season as an insurance policy, because the team is good enough. They showed last year to make the playoffs with backup quarterback play, because as good as Flacco was for stretches, there were also the turnover thing is real. And that was, I think the way you would describe what Flacco was doing was backup caliber quarterback play with some hot stretches in there. Right. So that 
the Browns need that again this year. And I think it's one of the interesting things to watch as free agency comes around, how much based on what Andrew Barry said about Watson's availability, do they feel they need to protect themselves with another quarterback? Yeah, that's a huge discussion coming in the next few weeks, but I, I align with you on this. They can't, they can't punt that position if they don't. Now it's one thing to think Dorian Thompson Robinson is ready to go. That that's, that's something that you can try to sell us on, but just a, a glossing over it, acting like it doesn't matter, and then just, just sort of presuming that Watson's going to stay healthy. It's not, it's not a correct course of action here. So I know they didn't touch on that specifically very much today, but we'll see what their actions tell us in the coming weeks. I understand wanting to cut costs, but I think to think people should just brush that aside based on the habits of other teams across the NFL I don't think is the right way to approach that because the, the the history of other teams is not the same history you are dealing with specifically. So I think it was also off of that. a really interesting statistic recently. I think it was Mike Clay that said that since the NFL has gone to 17 games, the only quarterback that has played all three 17 game seasons, I think is Josh Allen. So it's not just, I mean, you're right that there is, there is, we, we agree that there, there's a specific, Deshaun Watson play style issue. There's also a larger issue in the league right now of the, the, I mean, injuries are up across the league because they've added a 17th game. It is also affecting quarterbacks. And I think that that part of it, I think that a little bit of that backup quarterback thought process is maybe a little bit outdated, Jake. Mm -hmm. And it's tied to some of the, the freakishness that we had around like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, guys that were always playing from within the pocket. I think the modern generation of NFL quarterbacks, there's more, first of all, pockets are more condensed than ever because pass rushes at such a premium. But secondly, quarterbacks are making their living by extending plays more and more. Yeah. So I, I think this is a league-wide trend, and I think there might actually be a little bit of an inefficiency. If you have a quarterback that you like to keep you afloat, you can have a you can have an advantage over a team of I just mentioned the Vikings. Remember what happened to them when they were thrown into turmoil midseason? They don't they had Nick Mullins, but then he was on IR as well. So that they're then with Jaron Hall and they bring in Josh Dobbs and their season turned into a, a quagmire. Obviously, we saw what happened with the Browns, and they were ma- they managed to pull it out of the fire with Joe Flacco. But I do think with quarterback injuries up overall. You're, you're looking for a market inefficiency. One is pay Jacoby Brissett $5 million. And if Watson misses six games and you go three and three, you're still in the playoff hunt. Yeah. The trend there is, is something I don't, I would hope that the Browns don't ignore. And I, I think is worthwhile for teams around the league. The Browns are a great example. Obviously last year, if we don't have to punt this old, the old adage is if your quarterback is out, your season's over anyway. So why care? Well, why wouldn't you care? Like, exactly. I think that that thought process might be changing. So we'll see if it does. But I I really think that it's more it's worth more consideration than I think teams are giving it. So I, I certainly feel confident the Browns won't make the same mistake, at least at least I'm presuming so. But again, there is a world in which they feel like and I think you would agree with me before his injury, Dorian was showing signs of improvement so anyway we'll get to that we'll talk about that in the next few weeks but what we want to do is cover the um the league's report cards came out right the nflpa i should say very specifically the players put out the report cards for the second year in a row a really good resource of information about how players feel about their organization 
We're going to talk about that right after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, so you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that Game Time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so the NFL puts out the reports and the Browns come in 23rd of 32 teams, Andrew. What's your gut reaction to being 23rd of 32 teams? I don't like it. I don't like it considering the owner is a 
billionaires many times over and a lot of the issues are the same issues that they talked about last year. And I know Stefanski said during his press availability that they are going to build a new weight room. To me, they're at least a year behind, man. Like this has been a problem for multiple years. They had to make this move at the beginning of COVID, I think. And it's, it has taken too long to get it fixed. We had a, a big conversation when the stadium news was happening a month ago about what they can do long-term in Berea. They need more space and that space is coming. But in the meantime, like this is a problem today. And the the thing is not that the Browns are poorly ranked. On, if you look through the mesh, measures, it's not that they're really failing in a lot mm-hmm. of areas. It's that other teams in some areas are doing it better. And the team, again, I, I this is just a podcast where I talk about the Vikings, I guess, but that's to me, that's the, that's should be the Browns goal. Yeah. Because they are in arguably one of the least attractive, probably right up there with green Bay, least attractive destinations for players in the league because of the climate. And they have mitigated that to such a large extent by the facility that they built out in the suburbs. They did it a few years ago, but it is, I haven't been there or anything, but from all accounts, it is state of the art and truly a wonderful place to work. That's one of the things that the Browns can do to help themselves compete against teams like the Dolphins, for example, who also rated really highly. Now, if you're a free agent and you have a choice between the Browns and the Dolphins and the facilities in Miami are better in addition to it being Miami, I mean, I think I guess yeah. I would just say the league is lucky yeah. that the Dolphins don't have any cap space this year because yeah. players should be lined up to go down there, right? You would think you're right though. They they have to find the victories on the margins here, right? Where where you can't you can't change what people step into the climate and, and feel. You you got to make them feel special in the facilities. So they need to upgrade all this. You talked about upgrading Berea. It's a space issue. Once they get the space, they'll be fine. I am still of the belief, and you will probably disagree with me out there, that they should have the stadium up the road. I'm a believer in the Brook Park thing. I just am. I just think it, it is it is the best environment for keeping everything in one area and making it really special for your players and making a special, uh, a specific place for your fans. I, I Again, I understand a lot of you might want it on the lakefront. They probably will keep it on the lakefront, but I just think that having all of those things intertwine instead of a 30 minute drive to your stadium. I think it makes a little bit of a difference. Just me personally, but anyway, all right, let's talk through these specific grades Andrew. treatment of families. They get a D minus 26th. Here's the report on this. We're just going to go one by one lightning through this thing. There are 12 teams that do not provide their, they're one of 12 teams that do not provide their players families with a room at the stadium. So it's really nasty outside. They don't give the play the families, uh, players' families a place to go to watch the game, warm environment. You could probably get a box for your family, but that's going to come at a cost. They do provide daycare at the stadium for home games, so that's nice, right? The post-game family meetup area, though, is not in the stadium or anything unique. It's in the parking lot, which is rough, rough weather in the winter, for sure. Early in the season, the team was not allowing players who had been – this is a troubling one. Early in the season, the team – was not allowing players who'd been carted off the field with a significant injury to contact their wives or loved ones from the locker room to let them know how they were doing. That feels like a, a thing some player may have like wrote because they had something going on where this is just my hunch. Like 
they had maybe a serious test they were needing to take and like they wanted to, but they couldn't because the test, I feel like that's so isolated in the early in the season thing. I don't know. I mean, I definitely think the Browns could do better here. They need to do better. They need to have a place for families to get together at the stadium. Right. I understand that's a lot of people, family members of 53 and some change players, right. On any given Sunday, because they're going to, you know, obviously include the, full 53 and sometimes the practice squad guys can be around the stadium too or whatever. But yeah, I, I'm not the, the, this seems like an easy fix is kind of what I'm getting at Andrew. And maybe it's a facilities improvement fix, but it needs to get fixed. Low hanging fruit is the way that I would say it because yeah. it, it, I don't, I, there has to be space somewhere in the stadium for this that doesn't, you know, has a different use. Maybe some, I, I don't, I don't know how they get it done, but just like it feels this stuff just feels so simple to me, but I, I, you know, I really come at this report, Jake, as as somebody that is very much a you know working guy. You know, like I like it when the place that I work takes care of me. You know, for for example, like I, we, I think everybody listening to this probably can relate to that. Like you've you've worked for places where the coffee is terrible and you're in the office and you, you have to go, you have to leave your house 15 minutes early so you can go buy Starbucks on the way because you can't drink the coffee. So like small stuff like that, that we can relate to, right? Like it's not a big deal for the company to spend X number of dollars to get fresh, freshly ground coffee in the building, but it makes your day that much better because it it saves you money and you don't have to make a separate stop. That's to me, that's like comparable, right? in terms of what the Browns could do to just make this a little bit more accessible. As far as the injury thing, I agree with you. It does feel like maybe, and maybe it was a a policy that they instituted this year and then immediately saw like, Oh, this isn't going to fly. So I don't know. I mean, they, they certainly had plenty of injuries throughout the year. So they definitely got the policy tested a few times. Yeah. And so, you know, that also maybe is why it changed because they, every week somebody was coming off with an injury. I understand that the facilities are not great at first energy, but there's plenty of space in my opinion, to, to like you said, quite quite easily rectify that. And I, I always find it amazing, Andrew, that, that, that big companies led by smart people cannot get the understanding down that, that just the smallest thing you can do for your employees can change their entire outlook of working for your company. Smallest things. Like you mentioned coffee. Like they they don't even have to break the bank to do these things. Not even it's like people are asking for bonuses and things like that just improvements in their work environment or little things that help their day go better. But, you know, we're the idiots who work for those types of people. So maybe, maybe we're asking (laughs) too much. Right. Um, And we're not calling anyone at the OBR that to be clear, we're just like other jobs. Yeah, no, we're, we are uh, hoping that other bosses that we've had over the years are not listening. That's right. All right. Next is food and cafeteria, pretty bland category here. They rank 19th overall in food taste, 19th overall in food freshness. And more than half of the returning players noticed improved variety, taste, and quality in the cafeteria. So thumbs up on that. Right? Sounds like that's Better. something that they have tried to address from last year because I do remember last year they got some low scores in terms of variety. So they, I don't know, started cooking with curry spices maybe. Congrats right to the chefs. Yeah, shaking some spices into the pot every now and again. Nutritionist, dietitian, 82% of players feel like they get an individualized plan. I would imagine that's something that they may uh, need to seek out rather than just be given. Like if they feel like a player's body is fine, they might not be doing this for someone. Maybe somebody like Siaka Ika this offseason, not to pinpoint him or Dewan Jones, someone that they want to manage the weight of these guys or 
somebody like Greg Newsom to get the weight up. They may be doing more, you know, uh, hands-on involvement with those types of players, but it's it's uh, 82% of players feeling it. That's a pretty good number. 19th overall, C+, plus, not bad. But apparently, Andrew, like we've mentioned from the start, other teams are doing better at that. So figure out what the other teams are doing and try to get better at it, right? Right, yeah. I think so much of this is, again, it's about where the other teams in the league are. So the the ratings are pretty good for the Browns on a lot of these things in terms of the percentage of players that feel like things are good or being taken care of appropriately, but it's where you rank in the league. And I think that's what, as the NFLPA continues to do this year over year, you want to see your team climbing those rankings. And I think uh, in some of these areas, the Browns have actually slid back. Yeah. That's not what you want to see. Right on. Locker room. Only 61% of players feel like the locker room is big enough. 27th overall, only 71% of players feel like they have enough room in their individual lockers. 26th overall. And the players' most common complaint about the locker room is it's just flat out too small. The training room also, uh, C+, so better than the locker room, but the training room, players basically feel like they have enough full-time um, you know, trainers and physical, th- but only 75% feel they have enough full-time physical therapists. So recovery, they don't feel like maybe they're helping enough. So 81 and 86% feel like they have enough room in the hot and cold tubs. Several players feel the training room is understaffed, which should be a, a simple fix. Uh, Got to get that right. Their top request is to hire additional trainers and physical therapists. So again, low hanging fruit to fix on the training room side. But I will say between like happiness around a locker room and training room, I've been to Berea. I've seen the locker room. It's not big. I've also seen the Browns player locker room in in Cleveland Browns stadium. Not big. They're coming. Most of them, most college programs have like redone their college locker rooms and they're huge because the the rosters are huge. They like, again, most of these places in the last 20 years, 15 years in college level have poured significant resources from taking money from the players and poured it into locker rooms and training rooms. They've done a nice job with these things. The NFL is more, we're paying you. You you do most of your stuff outside of this facility anyway. It's not a huge priority. It's clear the players are trying, the Players Association is trying to make it a priority by grading these guys and putting pressure on them. But I'm not surprised guys coming from LSU and Ohio State and the like are like, this locker room is nothing compared to what we had in college because that's a recruiting tactic used in college. There's a whole bunch of motivation behind it. And like, it's never going to, it's not to say it's never the Browns have to get this right, fix it. And I think they will with the new facility, but like, I'm not surprised to see this where some other places, Jerry world, the whole complex they've built and other spots. I understand the Browns probably want to get to that, but I'm not surprised to see guys coming in from programs in the college level or like, this is nowhere near what we had because it's not, it's just not the Browns have to fix it though. But I'm also like, I'm just not surprised by this. One of the interesting dynamics here, this is an area where the Browns did really uh, worse, a lot worse this year than they did last year. So last year, the training room was fifth. Now it's 20th. Training staff was ninth. Now it's 24th. And a lot of the complaints were about the space and the availability of trainers. We know the Browns were one of the most hurt teams in the league. So Logically, the training room is going to be more full when more of the roster <laughs> yeah. is in the training room. Yeah, and then that feels like just complaining to complain. I mean, well, it could I, just be they did this. A guy course. was unhappy with his, you know, in any moment, right? Any team that has a lot of players hurt is going to have complaints about the training staff. And and I do think it's worth noting that it's one of the things that Andrew Berry touched on during his media availability at the combine is looking at 
the injury situation and what they can do better. So the fact that they were rated well last year and then and then had, took a tumble this year tells me that they know that there's probably something there they've got to improve. And and it obviously showed up on the field. So it's it's kind of a no-brainer that this is part of what they need to fix. The weight room gets a D grade. I, I'm surprised it's a D, honestly, and I'm surprised it's not the worst in the NFL. We they're just out of space. They're out. Of, they have a smaller weight room. I've been in it uh, to travel in and out of the uh, indoor facility for their indoor practices. It's not big. It's it's certainly not, but it's not awful. So I I like understand. They just need more space. If they get more space, they're going to build more. They put some of the equipment. The training equipment eats up like 20 yards in an already condensed indoor environment that doesn't have a full 100 yards. They did it largely when it was COVID based, and then they figured out they needed more room anyway. This all changes when they build it and they get the space. So I I mean, it stinks for now, and it's not certainly not helping them in a in a neutral situation with another team recruiting some of these guys over to the organization but to me it's 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 at least moderately positive that they have a chance to rectify this so um and again stefanski said today they're gonna they're gonna build a weight room so right on strength coaches get a b plus which is solid but it's 19 93 percent of players felt like they get an individualized plan the players feel that the strength coaches significantly contribute to their success so they're they're meeting the standard i think is the way to say that one um and we don't have much Background outside of that, team travel is a D, 23rd. Only 67% of players feel like they have a comfortable amount of personal space during flights. I can also say I needed more personal space during a recent flight, right? I'm not making millions in the NFL, but I think like <laughs> it's hard. It's interesting that, that that's the complaint. That's all I'm saying. They're massive humans in tiny seats. They're only one of seven teams that require some of their players to have roommates the night before a game. I, I guess if you're other places that don't make you, is it? Is it awful to have to have a roommate during a, a team hotel situation? Feels like that's the way the league was. Maybe the league is moving away from it, Andrew. I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not sure on that one. It, it, again, it's just when when you know every team is making millions of dollars a year. There are areas where it feels like I agree with you that that if you're a rookie, first year player in the league. It does. It makes sense culturally, even that you would want guys kind of forming those bonds, integrating to the team by having a roommate, for example. But at a certain point, as money gets to be more and more of this, some owner is going to say, "Well, if it helps us in in competing for free agents, everybody can have their own room." And once one team does it, that becomes the standard. Yeah, if you're watching the uh, Patriots uh, dynasty show on Apple Plus, it's pretty funny. There was a the week of the Super Bowl. I think it was one of the players, one of the the longtime secondary lawyer Malloy, I think was who who, who uh, complained about his room, and then Bill Belichick gave him the head coach's room for this week of the Super Bowl, and was just constantly mocking him and asking him if his room was good enough. Is it ha- are you happy up there? Is it good? So it's uh, it's funny, kind of looking back at that stuff twenty years ago about what the players had right. versus now, but the standards changed, and so. that is part of this conversation, right? Because the NFL football in general is undergoing a long-term cultural revolution from being a sport that prides itself on a certain fairly antiquated like vision of toughness, right? Yes. That's mostly about depriving yourself of things and being a miserable person most of the time. But if you win, you're happy for a moment. To more in line with the rest of society, which is like, I, I don't like sleeping in the same room as somebody else. So I, I, 
I kind of see both sides of it, right? Sure. I do think that there is something unique. And we've talked about this before in terms of like those, the teams that go to colleges for training camp, right? And they're in the dorms and they're roughing it. And you get that that's like a, there's a form of camaraderie. The Browns announced they're going back to the Greenbrier this year, yep. which is like the fancy version of going to a college, right? But like there, there are things that can be gained. Hardship can make bonds, right? When you think back to your own college experience, you probably had a either a crappy apartment or you were in a dorm, and that makes you closer to the people that you lived with. The flip side of it is, as you've said before, Jake, this is a business, not a – this isn't being run like a college. So – if you can treat your employees better, that creates an advantage for you. So, yeah, it, it's, this is part of like the longer term cultural change that the sport is going through, no doubt. Yeah, and hopefully this is waking the Browns up to some of those issues that their guys have that they're maybe not comfortable talking about. Well, another one is that Kevin Stefanski is among the worst graded head coaches, according to this. Gets a B minus 28th. Only 70% of players felt that head coach Kevin Stefanski is efficient with their time. I think that Kevin Stefanski is a meeting, meeting, meeting guy, and I think it probably wears some guys out. That's I my that's, hunch. I, I think you're absolutely dead on with that. I don't know that there's even much to to add. I think that it when you look at the the total, the, those coaches stacked up from top to bottom. I think you can see some trends in the league. Some of the yeah. player, the coaches that were at the low, low end there, it it is again speaking to this cultural transformation of the league you can see some of what is coming over the next 20 years. Yep. Players feel that Stefanski is somewhat willing to listen to the locker room, 23rd overall. So a little better there. Again, it's not hard to imagine. You're looking at, again, like Bill Belichick was graded down there with him. Like Kevin is quite rigid, it would it would seem, in how he goes about things. And again, there's there's probably an evolution thing that can happen there for him, and maybe it, maybe it does, but... Also, he's won coach of the year twice and he's done really well. So you take those results and see if maybe he'll improve upon them or he even maybe he just like brushes this to the side. I don't I don't know how the coaches feel about this. It's interesting to to see. I don't I think he got asked about it today, but I'm sure he does uh, not quite willing to open up uh, about any of this stuff. But maybe the, again, there's self-reflection and guys try to get better and we'll see if Kevin improves year over year because we expect him to be here for a while. Ownership gets a B. 17th club owner Jimmy Haslam receives an 8.6 from the Browns players when considering his willingness to invest in the facilities. I would imagine in the next 10 years that will continue to go higher as he does dump some of his money into the facilities, whatever they're going to upgrade, both in Berea and wherever they locate the stadium. If I think if this was grading more than just, you know, the uh, uh, rating on investing in the facilities and more like doling out money, I would imagine Jimmy's pretty high at the top of this list. So. Um, Andrew, I, I find myself a little worried about a couple things, you know, the, the locker room stuff is concerning because it's, it's, there's a path to fixing it, but it's not that obvious, right? Like there's a path to fixing it, but it's not sitting right, like hanging low fruit because it's not instantaneous. Yeah. It's not instantaneous, but I, I think at the same time. Uh, there, there's still some encouraging things that are coming out of this with, with like the, the meals and stuff. They got to take care of the families. That, that would be the most pressing one for me this year. Be, do better with that and the environment your, your players feel like they're in and the, and the support of the people around those players, right? Definitely. I, I, I agree that from this report, that's the low hanging fruit that they can address right now before next season. The stuff about the coach is really interesting to me because I would not have guessed that just based in terms of 
where I perceive him to be on that list. And I think how well the team did at overcoming adversity this year. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it is an interesting, one of the things that's going to be interesting about these is on a year. I mean, I guess I should step back and say, this is one of the smartest things the NFLPA has done to put pressure on teams in as long as I can remember following the sport, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. This is, be- this is better than getting concessions, some concessions out of the CBA because, and the fact that they release it combine week when everybody's in the same town with nothing else to talk about, like it's, it's a really Machiavellian way oh. to put pressure on some of these teams that are not like, did you see the thing about Clark Hunt? The, uh, I did. I did. He got, he got in trouble with the, with the players because they, he had promised renovating the locker room after last year, they win the Super Bowl. It doesn't happen. And the reasoning is that they played too late in the playoffs to have any time to get that done. So that the fact that that little stuff comes out and would otherwise be totally covered up is so credit to JC Treader for that. I think it's, it's also just amusing, but for the Browns and those of us that cover the team long-term, the value here is, what changes from this year to next year, right? And yeah. so they they didn't do the head coach stuff last year. So we will get a chance to see how responsive Kevin Stefanski is to these criticisms as he moves into his fifth season as coach. Because you should, I, I mean, you said it already, Jake, you should assume that he wants to improve. And really all of, they should be competing with this. Like they should be welcoming this in the owners discussions with the media, stuff like that. How are you improving the NFLPA report card? Because that is what your players are saying for good or bad. I understand there's a scorned employee. Every place has that issue that comes up, right? Like it's not <laughs> glass door, like employment reviews. Those are all a thing, but when you're overwhelmingly testing a lot of people, I guess what I'm getting at sample size is big enough that the, that the answers we're getting from this are, are telling, right? So it'll be interesting to see if the Browns are okay with the status quo of their players being happy or if they want to compete to be one of the best at every category in the league. I would hope it's the latter, right? You know, because that that's how you kind of create, again, they're trying to do this on the field all the time through analytics and different things, which they continually rank at the top. They're pouring resources into that. Can you create some advantages here? That's what we ultimately want to see because that's how you can turn the corner and 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 really find yourself competing against the best in the NFL. So uh, I will put a link to this in the um, bio of this podcast so you can find it directly if you have not already found it. I think it's a fascinating study, and I think it'll, like you said, Andrew, keep getting better year over year, man. So uh, f- fascinating thing to do and excited to be back and, and, and jump back in the saddle here, and we'll start putting out the pods again, man. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. It's absolutely a pleasure to have you back, Jake. Uh, happy birthday to you, man. And uh, looking forward to getting back in regular rhythm. And I think probably, what, by the end of the week, into next week, we should start having some real NFL news to dig into. Real NFL news. And we'll get some testing numbers and maybe even, like you said, have some uh, have some, have some fun stuff to break down with where players are going, getting cut, whatever. It's going to be a fun few weeks here in March uh, leading up to, to free agency. Thanks for the birthday wish. I appreciate you, man. And we will be back, guys. Uh, Before you know it, we'll be back with another pod tomorrow. We're going to look at some things that are going on around Indy and rumors and all of that stuff. Talk a little bit more about the press conferences that Andrew and Kevin both put forward today. So that'll be up for you tomorrow. Again, thanks for the patience recently. Recharge the batteries a little bit. That comes with uh, 
this business. There's a few months. It's really like February and June, July that we can have a chance to step back and get away and find some, uh, find some way to refresh. And I, I, I luckily had a chance to do that. So again, thanks for being patient. You'll get back to the regular content schedule as it is. Check out the OBR.com where we have plenty of people in Indy covering the combine and giving you some perspectives from what's going on there. So check out that. And then, uh, as I always say, take advantage of great uh, membership opportunities that we offer as well. Uh, like I said, we'll be back tomorrow, new fresh podcast in the morning. So that'll be ready for your commute or workout or whatever you choose to listen to it. We appreciate you taking that time to listen to the podcast and making us a part of your day. Be well, go Browns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.